Gopher fans, it's Phil Mackey here with a question for you business owners specifically. Have you ever had an insurance claim that left you feeling like you got sacked in the end zone? When something bad happens to the company you built with your blood, sweat, and tears, you don't want to be left sitting on the sidelines waiting to get back in the game. You want your insurance team to be ready with a game plan that helps you recover smoothly so you can get on with running your business. Your local federated representative is ready to create a custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for you. Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Well, there it is. Snare drum time, as you know by now, does indeed mean Score North Gophers show time. This time you get me, Ross Brendel, as your host. At Brendel Ross on the Twitter machine. Thank you so much for finding this podcast wherever it is that you do so. Maybe that is via Apple, Spotify, or the free Score North mobile app. Very appreciative of your listen. If you wouldn't mind, we certainly would love a positive, favorable review. So thank you so much if you have done that. Thank you so much if you're going to do it. We greatly appreciate it here on the Score North Gopher Show. Coming up a little bit later on this week, myself, Daniel House, James Murphy, we will preview the Gopher basketball team and the Iowa Hawkeyes coming up on Sunday from Williams Arena. But I've mentioned numerous times in the past couple weeks that we would talk a little more Gopher hockey in this feed. The Gophers playing pretty well as of late. They are coming off of a split over the weekend against Michigan State with a win on Friday night by a final score of 4-1. to and a loss on Saturday night by a final score of 4-2 to again to Michigan State at Mariucci Arena. The Gophers travel to South Bend. They will take on Notre Dame this upcoming weekend. No better guy to bring in the mix and talk Gopher hockey than Jess Myers. You can follow him on Twitter, at Jess R. Myers. He is from the Rink Live there. Also on that wonderful Twitter machine, at the Rink Live. Jess, it is great to hear from you and fun to bump into you on Friday night at uh, 3M Arena at Mariucci. Well, I like to consider myself a uh, Score North veteran, too. So You uh, are. Al- al- always good to get the alumni together, right? You, I wouldn't even say veteran. I, uh, you, you would be like, can I call you, how about a, like unofficial leader or counsel? Wow. I, I don't know if I'm ready for those business cards, but, uh, but but nice of you to say anyway. And and why? Well, hey, it was nice to see you at the rink. Nice to see people at the rink. Yes. You know, uh, the storyline about how nobody goes to see Gopher hockey anymore has gotten so old and tried that uh, nice to see. I think they announced 8,800 on Friday night. Good crowd, big win for the team. Uh, you know, so uh, things seem to be kind of turning around in that regard. People are kind of rediscovering Gopher hockey, which is nice to see. Let's actually start with that. I'm glad that you brought that up because that was the first thing that I noticed on Friday. And when it comes to attendance at Gopher hockey, I've said a few things, Jess. One thing that I've always said is, well, they have been down, so once they start winning, people will start returning. I'm over. I think you and I are in in lockstep on this one. I'm over complaining about, well, it's not the WCHA because newsflash, get over it. It's not coming back. But I, I think when you had that decline in attendance, Jess, it was just kind of a perfect storm. The team wasn't as good. Ticket prices went up. I guess I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. The natural rivals with a lot of the WCHA schools in theory went away, even though they still play them. 
But now the team's playing better. Overall, Jess, the Big Ten, it's good hockey. I, I just think we needed to get people back in the building, reintroduce them to go for hockey. And yeah, when the team wins, people are going to show up. That is a tried and true method, not only at the University of Minnesota, but the state of Minnesota. If you are not the Minnesota Vikings, Jess, you need to win for people to show up. The moment you start winning, people will show up and support you. This is a fascinating and fabulous bandwagon sports market, is it not? I mean, it just... You know, you win games and people uh, people show up, and it's, and it's simple as that. Now, I will say this because uh, you mentioned the uh, the WCHA argument, and WCHA hockey was fantastic. Uh, you know, there was nothing like it. It was it was it was great hockey. They packed buildings. You would get fans traveling. Okay, that's gone now. As I tell people, it's like The Sopranos. It's over. You- Hang on, I think I'm still here. <laughs> You're still there. You mentioned Sopranos, Jess, and your phone cut out. I think are there some are there some mob or mafia ties we should know about with you? I I, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to tell the story in court. So uh, no, but but the point I always make it's like the Sopranos. It's over. Find a new show. The WCHA is not there anymore. Um, but then we had stuff like the Mariucci Classic. You know, just uh, earlier this uh, this season. Where the Gophers played Bemidji State on one night, they played St. Cloud State on another night. If you didn't show up for those games, and your argument is, I missed the old WCHA, well, where are you? Because those were the old WCHA rivals, and you know the crowds were good but not great for those games. I, I think people just, this is kind of a Minnesota thing, and then we can move on from this topic. I, I also think we'd love to find things to complain about. And for <laughs> for some reason, Jess, it just seemed for a while it was fashionable in baseball in this town to bash Joe Maurer. And, and maybe maybe you thought he was overrated, whatever, that's fine. But it was it was more fashionable to not like him than it was to like him, it seems like. And then we hit kind of this couple-year window where it was just fashionable to complain about no WCHA and nobody goes to go for hockey games anymore. You, you mentioned the Twins. Here's the one that always got me. A.J. Pruszynski. What did he ever do to us? <laughs> you know, why, why did everybody hate A.J. Pruszynski for a while? You know, A.J. Pruszynski comes up in this feed a lot. I brought him up in a recent <laughs> Gopher show. Well, what was Ozzie Guillen's line, Jess? Ozzie Guillen basically said, if he's on your team, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's close to this. Ozzie Guillen basically said, if he's on your team, you love him. If he isn't, you want to punch him out. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and, you know, hey, I cover hockey. You get a lot of guys like that. You, you get a you, lot. You love them if they're your teammate and you hate them otherwise. You get a lot of, you get a lot of good hockey back and forth when it comes to the barbs. Jess, you wrote a great story for the rink live on Sample Ranton. It involved Thomas Vanek. I want you to uh, talk a little bit about that story because I found it very interesting. I also thought it was great that Thomas Vanek basically said, well, he already does some things better than I ever did. Right. And, and right. one of, one of them was skating. I found that to be a great omission or excuse was- me, admission. Here was the knock on Thomas Vanek when he played in the NHL. He played 14 seasons, as I noted in the story. He made $70 million, so you can't really call his career anything but a success, despite the fact that he never hoisted a Stanley Cup and, frankly, never even made the playoffs that often, You know, playing on some you know, subpar Buffalo teams for a lot of years, for example. Um, but Thomas Vanek had a knock on him of being lazy. You know, people said he doesn't move his feet. He takes a few months off every season. Um, you know, he, he gets in the offensive zone. He just kind of camps there. He doesn't work very hard, whatever. And then all of a sudden you'd look up and he'd have a 40-goal season or something like that. So what Thomas Vanek did very well, and I mentioned this in the story, 
I think Thomas Vanek was akin to being some kind of offensive genius. And he said this. He said, you know, not in those words. He didn't call himself a genius. He's not that arrogant. But he said, I could read the play. I could see where the play was going. I could go to where the puck was going to be and where the goalie was not. And how many times did we see Thomas Vanek score goals like that where you'd think he was doing nothing, you'd think he was you know, not involved in the play, and bang, the puck would be on his stick, and just like that, it would be in the net. That was his game. So the one thing Thomas Vanek, and he was at the game Saturday night against Michigan State, he was signing some autographs and then uh, came up to the press box, and I talked to him up there. He said, Sampo Ranta already right now at 20 years old or whatever Sampo is, is a better skater than Thomas Vanek ever was. Um, he just thinks that, that Ranta has that ability to get to the net, and, uh, and Vanek admitted, I was never a great skater. But the one thing he said, the, the suggestion he offered for Sampo Ranta is, you've got to get to the net. You've got offensive skills. You've got skating skills. You've got a big body. You've got to play the game at the top of the crease. Now, the best quote I got in the story, and I'll spoil it for you, I talked to Bob Mosco about that idea. I said, what do you think of the notion that Sampo should play his game at the top of the crease more? Bob Mosco said in practice, if Sample Ranta is out on the perimeter, Bob Motzko said, I'm 59 years old and I can shut him down if he's on the perimeter. He said, if he's in, if he's in front of the net, absolutely no one can shut him down. So that's the orders, you know, that's kind of the directive you're getting from the Gopher coaches as the season wears on here. And I think you're seeing a, a kid like Sample Ranta become a much more of a shift-in and shift-out offensive force for this team. So 27 games in, is 11 goals at this point enough? Is that where the Gophers need him to be? Or how much higher does that number have to be? And I know to your point, he's definitely picked it up here post the holiday break. But where does that number need to be for the Gophers to ultimately one day find themselves, and maybe it's even this year, find themselves back in a frozen four? I think you need a 20-goal scorer or a couple of 20-goal scorers on any given team. Now, I say that having just seen Wisconsin two weekends ago with Cole Caulfield, who's a freshman on that team, and I think he's already got something like 18 goals. Just a ridiculous natural goal scorer, and that's what they got in him. Now, the, the knock on Cole Caulfield is where's he going to be playing next year or, hey, where's he going to be playing a month from now? Because the way Wisconsin season's going, they're not going deep into the playoffs. Caulfield's a first-round draft pick of the Montreal Canadiens. There's a lot of talk that the Canadians want to get him into their system right away, maybe even give him a month at the NHL level as soon as the Badgers are done. So, you know, you make that trade-off with guys like that, and we saw that in this Gopher program 15 years ago with guys like Phil Kessel and Eric Johnson and, you know, some of these fantastic college players, but they were one and done at the college level, and you can't really build your program around that. Shortly after the holiday break, I was watching one of the games, and I don't remember the exact game, but it was either on FSN or BTN, and the Gophers had won maybe three or four games or a few in a row, and the the question was asked to one of the players, what's with, the, what's with just you're playing better since the break? Why is that? And whoever it was, I, I can't remember, but they basically said, well, we got together over break and basically said, hey, we're better than this. This program is turning the corner, and it starts now. Since that point, since the holiday break, the Gophers have played much better. It, Jess, is it as simple as the crew just got together and said, hey, this turnaround, we want to be a part of it, and it starts right now? Is it that simple, or have there been other factors that have went into it? There, is, there was definitely a change in the winds at the holiday break. And if you ask Bob Mosco about it, the one thing he says is, the break came at the right time. 
They, uh, they got some time off. They got a little healthier. They got a little chance to reset. With all of that in mind, I think the absolutely the bigger factor is you started the season with three freshman defensemen and a whole lot of freshman forwards, okay? And they're all good players, and they're all going to be impact players at college hockey, but it's very, very rare that it happens right away. And especially with freshman defensemen, you're going to take your lumps. You're going to have turnovers. You're going to have boneheaded plays where, where uh, a junior wouldn't make that play, but a freshman is trying to do something that he got away with in high school or that he got away with in junior hockey, and it doesn't work at the college level, and they really took their lumps. Um, I think of a guy like Jackson Lacombe, a freshman out of uh, Shattuck. He's an Eden Prairie kid. He, until two years ago, was a forward. Shattuck switched him to defense. His game absolutely took off. He's one of the the more exciting offensive defensemen I've seen in this league for a long time. But I was seeing tweets on December 1st saying Jackson Lacombe is a turnover machine. And he did turn the puck over a lot in the first half of the year, again, as he kind of learned to make that adjustment. Well, the bad thing with turnovers is more often than not, they end up in your net. And, uh, and you're seeing that adjustment. You're also seeing some freshman forwards. And the one I'll point out is Bryce Brodzinski, who was the Mester Hockey winner last year, played at Blaine High School. He made the jump directly into college hockey, um, you know, come uh, middle of middle of November, I want to say, he still didn't have a goal in college. This is a kid who scored, I want to say, 30 goals as a high schooler last year. Now, at that time, we said to Bob Mosco, what do you do about a guy like Brodzinski who just can't seem to get his game going offensively? And he, the thing he said, not only about Brodzinski, but about, about a bunch of these freshman forwards that came in with incredible offensive skills but hadn't shown them yet is he said i don't need to remind uh, you know i don't need to teach bryce brodzinski how to score goals i just need to remind him how to score goals he knows how to score goals he just hasn't done it at this level but once they start to do it look out and you're seeing that now as well you're seeing guys like brodzinski you're seeing johnny Sorensen, uh, you know have a, an offensive impact that they didn't have in the first half of the year you know, they were going to take their lumps in the first half, and they certainly did. There was a 14-game stretch there where the Gophers won two games. Um, you know, and that's why they're still, as well as they played in the second half, they're still on the outside looking in for the NCAA tournament. But uh, with three weeks to play here in the Big Ten season, it's amazing to see this team right in the thick of it. Yeah, and let's kind of reset where they are at. I guess technically in a three-way tie for second place, they do have a couple games in hand. Sitting at 31 points, Penn State leads the conference at 33. Jess, I think you might remember this better than I will. I looked this morning. Are the Gophers still 19th in the pairwise, or do they move up to 18? I believe they're still 19. That may have changed with the Beanpot this week, but okay. uh, yeah, they they will they will need to do some work here in the last uh, in the next month if they're going to get back into the NCAA tournament. Haven't been there since 2017, um, you know. But but they've put themselves in the driver's seat. I mean, by going eight and two in their last 10 games, that's what you have to do. You know, there's all this consternation. There's all this theory about the pairwise system. How does it work? How do, you know, teams match up against one another? Is there such thing as a good loss or a bad loss or all this? And I always say it's as simple as this. Win the games on your schedule. That's literally all you can do if you're a hockey team. If you win the games that are presented to you, you move up. If you lose, you move down. It's that simple. Well, and there is an easy way to punt. Well, easier said than done. There is a sure way to punch your ticket to the NCAA tournament. You can win the Big Ten tournament, and you know who who knows with where this team's playing and where they've come from, I, anything is possible. And Jess, you alluded to it back up six weeks ago, or even early December. 
before, let's say before Christmas, if you would have said at this point in the year, your story on the rink live again at the rink live on Twitter, or you can just obviously check out the website, the rink live.com 18% to win the big 10. If you would have told me in early December, the Gophers would get to mid February and have roughly a puncher's chance to win the big 10. I would have said, okay, let's, let's see how it plays out. As, you know, that's one of my favorite websites is playoffstatus.com. I'll give them a little plug. I don't even know any of those guys, but they do incredible work with the, the math side of it. And I've never been a math guy. But uh, I want to say about three weeks ago, I looked at it. The Gophers had a 1% chance of winning the Big Ten. Flash forward to a six-game winning streak. And as of Saturday morning, the Gophers were at 34%. They were tied for first place. They had the best chance of anybody. They have one lousy period against Michigan State. And they dropped to 18%, and they no longer control their own destiny. So that just shows how crazy tight this Big Ten race is. Five points separate the top five teams right now. And think about this. Okay, so if you're in the top five right now, you're, you're within five points of first place at worst. One of those teams is going to have to go on the road for the playoffs. That's the way this league works is, is if you don't finish in the top four, you're uh, getting on a bus and going somewhere for the playoffs. And, and that's just amazing to me how tight it is. Almost two years in now to the Bob Motzko era, almost two full seasons. Hard to believe that it's been that long already. It, walk me through, if you can, to the best of your abilities. Put put yourself in his mind. Is this is this thing, and when I say thing, is this program where he ideally would want it? Are they ahead of schedule, behind schedule? about maybe where he thought it would be, or is that just an impossible game to play because you truly never know what you're getting into? Bob Mosco's been very careful about what I call managing expectations. He did not come in like a, a certain gopher football coach and say, we're going to the Rose Bowl. You know, he, he did not say we're going to be in the Frozen Four in two years, anything like that. The one promise he did make, or the one vow that he made on the day he was hired, is he said, we're going to get older as a program. We're going to have some older players in here. The, the days of the, uh, the 18-year-old freshman coming directly from high school, where, where that might have been the rule at one point, um, those days are done. He, we're not going to do that. But what he did say is, uh, you know, this year, so they lose a, a ton of seniors after his first season. He says, okay, we're going to get older, but first we're going to get a lot younger. And that was this year's team with uh, 11 freshmen that he's played at, at various times. But with all of that said, you look at a kid like Ben Myers, who's a freshman on this team, but he comes in here at almost 21 years old already. Um, Brandon McManus, who's a junior and kind of one of the, the, you know, doesn't have a letter on his sweater, but he's a vocal leader of this team. He said it's interesting for him because Ben Myers is a freshman, but Ben Myers is actually older age-wise than Brandon McManus. That's what I think Bob Mosco is looking to do. He's looking to bring in guys who have played some junior hockey, who have gotten those 45-game you know, uh, 50 games, 60 game seasons under their belt that you don't get in high school hockey and bring them into the college level like you're seeing some other programs do with a lot of success. Well, and you can also be young in years, but old in experience. So you mentioned all those freshmen getting playing time this year. Well, at some point, you're really no longer a freshman or you might be a sophomore. But if you played in 30 ish games, that's a lot of experience, and that helps. Jess, when, well, you, when you look at... Well, I was going to say, on that note, look at a kid like Jackson Nelson, who's a freshman on this team. He's 19 years old, but he played three years in the USHL prior to, prior to coming here. You know, He's a kid who's 
learning to play college hockey as well, learning to use that big body he's got and uh, is having some real serious success now. Well, and I'll admit at the beginning of the year, it, it looked like a mess to me. But when you look back at it in hindsight, it makes sense. It truly was not a team. It takes time for a team to come together. It, basketball, you can generally in the NBA or college basketball, you can fix things a lot easier because you're only talking about 12 total players. It's not it's not that simple when you're talking about a football team or a hockey team. Jess, when you look around the state of Minnesota right now, for the University of Minnesota specifically, for the Golden Gopher hockey program, what do they need to do to a couple years from now, and maybe they're already on that track, be back to being we are, for quote-unquote lack of a better term, we are the bell cow, we are the leaders of college hockey in the state of Minnesota. How how do they get there and how do they get back to, for the most part, if you're a Minnesota kid or really anywhere, you are kind of the Alabama of college hockey, how do you get back to that point where everybody wants to come to Minnesota and some aren't going to St. Cloud, some aren't going to Duluth. What do the Gophers do to get back to that level? Or are they already there and there were just other issues as to why they weren't winning? I think the Gophers are always going to be in the mix and always going to be in the conversation for all of the top recruits that come out of Minnesota. Um, the one effect you're seeing of having five Division One programs in the state now, and you know, I, I started college at a time when there were still just two. St. Cloud State was just coming online. Now we've got five. And one thing you're seeing as an effect of that is kind of regional recruiting. All of a sudden, the best kids out of the Iron Range, the best kids out of northeastern Minnesota seem to gravitate towards Minnesota Duluth. Um, North Dakota has always done a good job of, of recruiting the northwestern part of the state. And one thing that really shocked me looking at this year's Gopher roster is they've got three kids from greater Minnesota on the entire team. You know, uh, there, there's one kid from Grand Rapids. There's one kid from Delano. And, you know, some people would consider Delano a, kind of a, a, even a farther flung suburb. And then there's Jackson uh, Nelson, who I mentioned, who's from Laverne. But for the most part, this is a Twin Cities-centric team. Now, nothing against Twin Cities kids. There's some great kids coming out of the Twin City area. You know, the Gophers have done a very good job of recruiting kids from Edina, for example, because Edina has had a, a dynasty for decades. And, and if those kids want to be Gophers, you know, good for Bob Mosco. But one thing I think you'll see as a potential sign of success down the road is maybe doing a better job of plucking a few more kids out of like the Iron Range or out of northwestern Minnesota. They've got a kid from Roseau committed, for example, that, uh, that should be coming in. It will be the first time in a long time that they've had a Roseau kid in the program. That, I think, will be a sign that maybe the Gophers are inching back to that, you know, being the alpha dog in Minnesota. Jess, a few quick hitters for you on the way out the door. I got three of them. We'll start with this and then a couple offshoot questions away from the Gophers. If the Gophers make the NCAA tournament and they didn't win the conference tournament, how have they done it? If they make the NCAA tournament by not winning the conference tournament, uh, they will have to win the Big Ten. You know, And, and it's not going to be an easy task. Let's look at their schedule. Notre Dame this weekend on the road. After that, Penn State on the road. You know, Penn State just joined college hockey about 10 years ago, and easily it's a place nobody wants to go on the road in this league. It's a tough place to get to. It's a tough place to play. Penn State scores a ton of goals. Then after that, the Gophers come back with two against Michigan. So it's not going to be an easy road. They're going to have to win the Big Ten regular season and probably get to the Big Ten championship game in the playoffs if they want to make the NCAA tournament without winning the Big Ten. 
You mentioned the five schools in the state. I've been to four of the five hockey arenas. Admittedly, the one I haven't been to is the one that's closest. I have not been to St. Cloud yet. Of the five, do you have a favorite one that you've been in, one that you just like to be in to cover or maybe just sit and watch a game? I thought the Sanford Center was awesome. I love Amsoil. That's probably one and two for me. I know Mariucci's going to have an upgrade here at some point in the future, but I thought the Sanford Center was awesome. I believe that's what we call it, and Amsoil is great too, especially Amsoil in the upper corner, Jess, is a great way to watch hockey. The one thing they did with Amsoil is they forgot to put any, in any bad seats when they built the place. I mean, that's a, that's a good thing to forget. Building. Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm I'm probably biased a little bit. I went to Minnesota Duluth. I, my son just graduated from Minnesota Duluth last year, so I've been in Amsoil a lot. I'll admit it, I got tears in my eyes the first time I walked in that building because it was such an upgrade over what UMB had had for a home rink for so many years. So Amsoil is a fantastic place to watch hockey. I will say this. If you want Minnesota college hockey's version of a NASCAR race where it's loud, it's you know a party atmosphere, go to St. Cloud sometime if the Gophers play there. Because the National Hockey Center, when it's full, when the crowd is in full throat and uh, – you know, they, they're not afraid to work blue, as they say in the business. Um, and, and there's an opponent they don't like in town. That place is all concrete and metal. So no sound gets absorbed anywhere. Everything reverberates in there. And it's an incredibly loud building. I remember uh, covering a game there maybe 10 years ago. The Gophers are playing up there. Gophers are ahead like 4-1 uh, to one or something like that. Seemingly in complete control of the game. And bang, bang, the Huskies get two quick goals. So it's four to three, and the place is just deafening. Don Lucia calls a timeout to calm his team down, and you see him on the bench yelling at his players. And after the game, the Gophers wind up winning the game. So after the game, I asked Don Lucia, what did you say to your guys during the timeout? And he says, you know, the typical stuff, play your game, calm down, whatever. And then I said, do you have any inkling that they heard anything you said? He said, no, probably not. <laughs> Don, you know this much better than I do. Don, a good storyteller. Absolutely. He he I, could he could relay the stories. That that's that's good stuff. Uh, I know Bob told a great story about Don Lucia on uh, Judd's hockey show about a year ago, which was fun to hear. Okay, I, I will say when you think of Don Lucia and, and thinking of Bob Motzko, uh, you know it was not so long ago, almost well, almost two years ago now that that uh, Motzko took over the program from Don Lucia. I was at the press conference announce, announcing Bob Motzko as the new coach of the Gophers. And the thing I will say, looking back at my pictures from that day, it kind of reminded me of the presidential inauguration. <laughs> when, when you see the outgoing president and, and his wife, and they're all smiles and happy and looking relaxed, and you see the incoming president, and they look absolutely terrified, that was kind of what I saw that day from Don Lucia. He could not look, have looked more relaxed and happy to, you know, like, kind of been done with what he did there. And Bob Motzko kind of had that look like, wow, what did I just get myself into? Don is one of my favorite people uh, in Minnesota sports. So, Jess, I, um, I'm 33. So if you go back and you look at those Gopher Hockey National Championships in the early zeros, weird thing to say, that is really almost my – I mean, we I grew up watching Gopher Hockey, but if you really think about – where you are as a fan and when you really become a fan, that's what I associate Gopher Hockey with is those national championships, the the Kowalskas, the Petolnis, the Leopolds, the Vanex. Like that is that is what I will always think of Gopher Hockey as. So Don Lucia is always gonna have a spot 
that's near and dear to my heart. Keep in mind, who was his, uh, his assistant coach and his top recruiter on those teams? Well, he had Motzko. Guy, guy yeah. named Bob Motzko. So, uh, you know, you, you think about that as being Don Lucia's teams, but that was one of the reasons Bob Motzko was, was happy to come here and take this job is to, you know, kind of that familiarity with the Gopher program and kind of remembering the magic that they had created in those teams and thinking, hey, I got to take a shot at doing this myself. Well, he didn't answer it this way, but uh, it was either, I think it was Brady Hoke at Michigan. Maybe it was Rich Rod. I can't remember. I think it's Brady Hoke. They asked Brady Hoke basically, why would you take the Michigan job? And he said, well, it's Michigan, stupid. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, St. Cloud State, he built it. They, they they become a great program. He could have probably at some point won a national championship there. But I think the allure of one of those blue blood so-called of college hockey is always really tough to turn down, especially when you have ties to it. Final one for you, Jess, and then I'll, I'll get you out of here. When you look at the Big Ten right now, the current teams in the Big Ten with the seven, I love asking this question because I believe the day is coming. I just don't know when it is. I, I think Penn State playing college hockey has been awesome. It's great. It's a great environment. It's fun to see. I love when the Gophers go out there. Gophers and Penn State always seem to play great games. When are we going to see another Big Ten team from the current core? I'm not talking about an Arizona State or adding somebody like they already did with a Notre Dame. Is there anybody logically that can step up and maybe be the eighth team? Could it be Illinois could it be Nebraska? They basically print money in Lincoln. Are we are we far away from getting another traditional Big Ten team playing here's college my, hockey? Here's my bold prediction: within three years, the University of Illinois will have a college hockey program. They it, are uh, they're working on building a building in downtown Champaign, about a six thousand seat arena. And everything I've heard in talking to folks from the University of Illinois is it's a matter of when, not a matter of if, that they will announce hockey. The next one, so I'm already looking past that. Okay. I've, already, I've already written up Illinois as our next one. I'm looking past that. The next one, after the, after the Illini, the Iowa Hawkeyes now have about a 5,500-seat hockey-ready arena right near their campus. They're using it for Hawkeye wrestling right now. There's absolutely no reason why Iowa can't add a uh, competitive Big Ten hockey program here within the next 10 years. I'm assuming, do they have a club team of some sorts? Yes. Okay. And, you know, and club hockey is very good. And, you know, um, the, uh, the way that club hockey has evolved at colleges is just amazing to me. That You see kids going and playing in the USHL for two years and then going and playing on a club team. Um, the level of hockey, the level of competition for those spots has just gone through the roof so uh college hockey is very very popular in some of these places illinois for years has had a great club program hockey in the state of illinois right now is is on a boom time you look at what the blackhawks have done in the last 15 years and you know illinois has gone hockey crazy the participation numbers are through the roof um you know chicago is a great hockey market so Illinois realizes, hey, we're really missing the boat here on something that could be pretty good. And, you know, they've got a league they can play in. They've got all of their games potentially on TV and on Big Ten Network. So now is the time if Illinois was ever going to add a hockey. In closing, Jess, can you tell everybody about the Rink Live, what they'll find there, how they can find the work, and exactly what they'll find when they get there? Uh, the Rink Live is a branch of Forum Communications based in Fargo. We have coverage. Uh, we, ha- we have people on the scene covering North Dakota, Bemidji State, Minnesota Duluth, Minnesota St. Cloud State, and Minnesota State Mankato. So we have full coverage of all of the college hockey in the region, 
in addition to that, we have high school hockey. We have wild coverage. Uh, we, we've got everything there. And the one thing I provide uh, is we provide live stream video after games. Uh, you know, the only place that you can see uh, Bob Motzko's comment after a win or after a loss is, is we live stream all of that home and road. So that's a, a fun little bonus for fans. Jess, this has been a ton of fun. Can we do it again maybe at the end of the regular season or maybe when the uh, Gophers punch their ticket to the tournament or maybe in the conclusion, I'd love to have you back in the near future because there's definitely a need to talk some Gopher hockey in this state. I think you can tell I don't struggle to talk college hockey. Call me anytime. (laughs) No, it was awesome. Jess, I'll let you run. I'll put a wrap on this Score North Gophers show, but thanks a ton for joining us. We'll talk again soon. Good talk to you, Russ. Wonderful. That is Jess Myers at Jess R. Myers on Twitter. Again, you can follow The Rink Live as well at The Rink Live on the Twitter machine. Again, quick plug. You'll see a couple days from now, we're thinking Friday, Daniel House, James Murphy, and myself, we will preview the Gophers in Illinois from Williams Arena. A little, excuse me, Gophers in Iowa from Williams Arena. A little Gopher basketball talk. Gophers eh, still have a chance to punch their ticket to the NCAA tournament. That path, though, probably needs to include a win over Iowa this Sunday at Williams Arena. So we'll preview that coming up a little bit later on this week in this feed. But thank you so much for listening to a little Gopher Hockey Talk with myself and Jess Myers. That will do it for this edition of the Score North Gopher Show. Thank you for listening, and please tell a friend. We'll talk soon.